Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience, coming to you uh, from a bedroom, because it's too hot outside. It is, yeah, we're getting into the warmest part of our year now, or starting to, on the fringes of it, and uh, it's just too, too hot to be outside recording today. So instead, I am parked in a very nice, cool bedroom. Um, lots of football on this weekend. We've got some college football to chat about. We have a couple of games in the CFL playoffs with our conference finals. And I also want to get to uh, a trio of NFL games. Basically, I try and talk about the games I'm going to watch um, sometimes I'll stray outside of that, but most of the time, I don't. Not at the moment, anyway. Um, hope you've got lots of football lined up for your weekend. Hope you've got a great weekend in general lined up. Uh, let's start with college football. Got a couple of, uh, a trio of games I'm intrigued to watch. Michigan at Penn State. Um, there's a number of storylines, obviously, we could talk about with this one. Um, the Michigan sign-stealing operation and that whole controversy scandal, whatever you want to call it. Um, oh, I would say coming to a head, but who knows if this is really, you know, um, are we reaching the height of it or is this just the tip of the iceberg with um, Harbour now, the I think it's the Big Ten, uh, is it? The commissioner has said he's suspended through the rest of the regular season. I think I saw a tweet. Um, I, I honestly don't know what to make of it all. Um, you know, there's there seems to be lots of different arguments. Some people saying, well, everyone does it, as in everyone, you know, steals signs, uh, and therefore, you know, who cares? And then there's other people saying, well, not everyone, you know, has this elaborate... Um, you know, network of people sent out to games to, to pre, to pre, uh, you know, obtain these signs from the match. Um, you know, that's, that's above and beyond what other people do. I think cover three podcast made a really good point about this. I was listening to them yesterday while I was doing some lawn mowing and they basically said, uh, you know, there's two ways to go about it on game day. Oh, you know, there's, there's multiple ways you go about this. Um, the one that Michigan has done, which is like the most inefficient way to do it. Uh, and then there is getting on the phone to somebody you're friends with uh, who works on the staff that just played the team you're about to play. And according to at least Cover 3 podcast, they were talking that they'd reached out to different people and that, that you know, that's the sort of stuff that happens. You know, you're playing Team A, Next week, you know, a friend of yours who's on staff at another team who just played Team A, you know, you give them a phone call. Hey, what are they doing? What are their signs? You know, um, apparently this goes on all the time. And so I, 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 I suppose I find it hard to be particularly outraged or upset about it. Um, I feel like of all the things, of all the, the uh, you know, 
unethical practices involved in professional sports, you know, uh, which college football is well on its way to becoming a professional sport. This seems like so far down the rungs um, of, of things we should be concerned about, uh, to be completely honest. So I'll be interested to see how it all shakes out. I think it'd be a boss move by Harbour just to turn up on the sideline and coach anyway. Uh, <laughs> like what, what are they going to do? I uh, suppose, you know, kick him out of the playoff. But gosh, if I don't know. It feels like there's a massive can of worms about to be opened. Um, as far as, you know, Michigan maybe coming back and, you know, emptying out the... Uh, <laughs> the receipts book of what other teams are doing and that sort of thing. So I, uh, who knows what a mess. And ultimately the, the people who benefit most are media outlets who now have something, you know, hot button to run with, um, you know, which is a shame we have to focus on this. I mean, look, I, I get it to some extent, but as I said, it just feels like, all the different ways in which teams try and seek a competitive advantage and all the ways in which, you know, there are unethical or unsportsmanlike things done all the time in sports leagues that we all watch and we just ignore. This feels like just, I don't know, not that important. But anyway, we'll see. Uh, I suppose if you're a fan of someone other than Michigan, it does seem really important. Um, I really don't have a horse in the race. I would prefer to talk about football, so let's do that. Michigan at Penn State. Uh, this series actually three and three in the last six matchups. Uh, Michigan outscoring Penn State one hundred and fifty five to one hundred and thirty eight in those games. So, uh, I guess I'm fascinated to watch this one because, you know, it's probably Michigan's biggest test of the season thus far, and I sort of thought that. Penn State, you know, the, they blitzed. They had sort of, they've had similar seasons in one way in that Penn State absolutely destroyed, you know, a bunch of sort of sponge cake opposition. And to an extent, that's what Michigan has sort of done. Um, and I think it was on Cover 3 podcast, they said that um, no team has had a first and goal. Um, against Michigan this season. If they've scored touchdowns, it's been explosive touchdowns. Apart from that, yeah, no one's snapped a ball at first and goal against the uh, against the Wolverines this year. Um, so Penn State sort of blitzed everyone, then hit Ohio State and sort of got found out. Maybe not found out, but they certainly couldn't move the ball the same way they had all season um, prior to that. So I, I, I wonder if we get something similar. Um, with Michigan, you know, do they run into a Penn State team um, who have the advantage of that battle-testedness against Ohio State? But I, I don't know. I find it hard to look past Michigan in this one, even though it's at Penn State. I don't know. I think this is going to be. I think this is this is going to be a game with a bit of an edge to it. Um, I don't think it'll be particularly high scoring. I can see like a twenty four twenty, even lower if you want. You know, twenty seventeen or something. Um, I think I would back Michigan. It is hard to know, given who they've played, what they've played. Um, yeah, and, and given that it's on the road as well. So there's a number of factors to take into account. How much of a loss, you know, is Harbour's sideline coaching? How does that all work out, particularly this late in the piece? Um, you know, it's not like he was suspended two weeks ago and they've had time to prepare. 
So I'll be fascinated to watch that one. I'm, I'm also, this next one is just pure sicko factor. Rutgers at Iowa. I have a soft spot for watching the Iowa Hawkeyes just because their games are so despicable. I love it. Um, these teams have played three games against each other, I think, since 2016. I think it's 2016, 2019, 2022, maybe. Um, point being, Rutgers has never beaten Iowa. Uh, Iowa 3-0 and in those three games. Iowa outscoring Rutgers 71-17. to uh, I believe this is only the second game in the series between the two teams played um, in Iowa. Uh, the last time Rutgers, uh, I believe it was 2019, the last time Rutgers went and played um, Iowa in Iowa, they lost 30 to nothing. So yet to score a point. Um, in this series. So, I, look, I like Iowa, but uh, who knows? Rutgers actually, I thought, represented themselves pretty well against Ohio State last weekend, but they probably just got a bit conservative with their play calling um, and settling for field goals. You know, when you're a team like Rutgers and you actually managed to move the ball down inside the 20 against Ohio State, you kind of got to go for it on fourth down if you want to win. Um yeah, I just love this matchup. Love this game. Uh, hoping that it goes under the total of 28. That's right. This game's total is 28. Um, so all here for that. Uh, then going to finish out with Ole Miss at Georgia. I think that... Ole Miss isn't as good as its record says it is. I think Georgia is still really, really good. I think this is going to be one of those games where if Georgia establishes a lead early, they can sit on the ball um, and maybe... (sighs) Who knows, though? I mean, I've still thought all season that at some point uh, Georgia are going to suffer a loss. It's not happened yet, and I don't know why I think it. There's no sort of logic to it. But it's just been this ongoing sort of feeling I've had that they're gonna they're gonna take a regular season L that will make that Alabama conference title game, you know, a, a win and in situation for the playoff. But I don't know if Ole Miss really is the team to do it. I actually think Missouri probably, um, you know, should have come closer than they did last weekend. Um, that that superstar athlete kind of gap reared its head in a lot of ways. So I, yeah, just I guess for the entertainment factor of, you know, this game potentially being close, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick this one on. Um, if I get the opportunity, so we've got, I, I'm going to, uh, I think I am going to take Michigan in this one. I'm going to take Iowa and I'm going to take Georgia out of these three games. Those are my picks. I'll go Michigan winning in Penn State, bit of a statement win. I think um, after their coach gets suspended, I think we do get undefeated Michigan v undefeated um uh, Ohio State in the game. So I'll pick Michigan there. I'm going to pick Iowa because I just think they're the uh, most 
rock fighty of rock fighty teams. Um, so I think they'll win at home, but I think it'll be delightful. I can see it being like another 10 to 7 or something like that, 12 10 sort of game. I think Ole Miss will go down to Georgia. I, in my head, have this like 40 to 28 or something, or 40 to 27 or something like that. And let's move on. Let's move on to the CFL. We've got two finals here. We've got the uh, Eastern, the Eastern Conference Finals. Sorry, not semifinals. Semifinals were last week. Eastern Conference Final between the Montreal Alouettes and the Toronto Argonauts. So the same conference finals we had last year are what we've got this year. Um, Montreal at Toronto in the Eastern Conference Final. Toronto leads this series three to zip this season. They've beaten the Alouettes all three times they've played. 97 to 57 is the collective score. So uh, outscoring the Alouettes plus 40. I really like the Argonauts. They sealed up, you know, a a playoff spot. I don't know, it was two months out from the end of the season. It was something ridiculous. They have been unbelievable. They were unbelievable last year. I think they only look stronger in 2023. Um, And Montreal, you know, they're they're sort of a tough competitive team. Um, More than, you know, they were more than good enough to dispatch my Hamilton Tiger Cats last week. But I just feel like they lack that extra gear on offense to compete with a team like Toronto. I think this, you know, Montreal, Toronto, BC and Winnipeg, uh, three of these teams have absolutely high powered offenses. Uh, Montreal isn't one of those three, in my opinion. Um, I just think that they don't have that supercharged point scoring ability. And I think that's going to put Toronto in good stead. The other thing that I like for the Argos is that it's a sellout, I believe, at BMO Field. 25,000 expected to attend. So that should be a great spectacle. Uh, But I think the Argos will get it done. They haven't been defeated by the Owls all season. And I guess if you take into account last year's conference final, it's 4-0 the last four games. The Western conference final sees the BC Lions travel to Winnipeg just like last year. The Blue Bombers, uh, again, the pace setter in the Western Conference. I like this to be the more exciting of the two games. Um, I, I think that both offenses have the ability to score pretty heavily, but the problem for BC is... I think Winnipeg have the superior run game. It's outdoors. I think Winnipeg are going to be able to fly around and uh, cause issues for the BC Lions passing game in terms of defending passes and that sort of thing. Um, when I was looking through the stats, I'm pretty sure like there, there seemed to be a heap of Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, in the top sort of 15 or 20 players in the league for passes defended. So I, I just like their ability to swat balls away. Uh, the Blue Bombers lead this matchup this season 2-1. to one. They lost the first game. They got blown out by BC 6-30, uh, to 30, but then won the next two. They've outscored the Lions 90-70 to 70 on the season. Um, 
so I think I would give the edge to Winnipeg. If this was in if this was in Vancouver, if this was in you know at BC Place, then I might think the Lions passing game could survive a little bit better. I I think that's what you saw last year. They were just unable to find a run game BC that would have allowed them to to get the job done. But Vernon Vernon Adams has been playing well to his to his credit. It's just that you know, across the other side, you've got Zach Kolaris, who's been playing really well, and a defense that has been outstanding, um, you know, in large patches this season. So in terms of my official picks, I'm, I'm saying we're going to get a rematch of last year's Grey Cup final. I think Toronto wins. I've got this game like 27 to 23. Uh, I think it'll be... Cl- uh, so, you know, in some regards, that might be an exciting game a four-point match, but it's more likely to me that this is like 27 um, to 17, uh, you know, and Montreal score maybe with 20 seconds left on the clock and they have to try and onside kick it, Um, you know, more of a junk time score kind of thing to make it closer than it appears, uh, to make it, sorry, (laughs) to make it closer than it was. Um, So yeah, I'll go, I'll say it's like 27-23 to the Argos. And then BC at Winnipeg, I think I'm going to take the Blue Bombers. I think I've got this one like 33-30. But look, honestly, I want to have faith in BC's offense, but I find it hard to away from the indoor confines like it does depend on the weather like if it's if it's cold and windy um you know if there's any sort of you know rain or 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 snow or anything like that i haven't checked you know what the weather it could be perfect weather for all i know um i just remember last year was kind of cold and wintry i don't know they i don't think they stood up that well i'm gonna go the blue bombers I'm going to go the Blue Bombers. The two scores that keep popping in my head are 24-20 or 33-30. So um, both entertaining, but I think the Blue Bombers get it done, which would be their fourth consecutive Grey Cup appearance. One 2019, one 2021, lost 2022. Would be in it for the fourth consecutive time, which would be very impressive. Um so yeah, I'm going Toronto and Winnipeg, a rematch to happen next weekend. NFL, let's round things out with the NFL. Texans at the Cincinnati Bengals. Honestly, this one I'm picking to watch. Pure quarterback matchup. I want to see how CJ Stroud faces off against Joe Burrow. Burrow has looked back to his absolute best the last few weeks. The Bengals, you know, returning with that swagger. Um from the last few seasons, so they seem to be getting in rhythm. The Texans, absolutely plucky. Uh, they are the definition uh, of a wild card team. I, I, I kind of hope they do storm down the stretch and make the playoffs. Uh, CJ Stroud, it was actually my first opportunity to watch him this week uh, against the Bucks, and absolutely shredded. Uh, just a calmness to him in the pocket, ability to step up, to make throws. The, the ability... Uh, you know, the one of those plays, you know, where he gets rolled out to the right because maybe pressure is coming from his blind side. So he escapes the pocket to his right. And he's running right. And you've got a receiver maybe making a route to the sideline 
as a bit of a bailout. And normally other quarterbacks would throw to that option and either the receiver catches it or, or it goes out of bounds. But he's actually able, he's got the arm strength and the ability to throw at different arm angles to sort of throw back across his body, um, you know, 15, 20 yards, 25 yards back down the field and make a, a throw more central, um, even on the move to the to the sideline. I think this guy's a super, super talent, the, 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 the cojones to lead that drive down the field to win it was absolutely clutch. So I just like this matchup. I feel like, you know, it's it's already been said, I think, numerous times by numerous different outlets during the week that, you know, there's some similarities between how Stroud and Burrow play. Um, how exciting for Houston Texans fans, who I think, you know, may not have expected a lot out of this season, um, but they're, they're getting plenty of bang for their buck. I think this team can make... Um, playoffs but you know it's a crowded AFC playoff picture if, if this team was in the NFC um, that they'd be a lock for a wild card spot but as it is they're playing in an AFC which is a lot more crowded when you've got five teams in the AFC North who are all currently five and three um, you've got three teams in the AFC North who are five and three and then you've got the the Ravens who are seven and two or whatever it is um, it makes it hard though they do have the head-to-head record against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that helps them out in that situation. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see Texans at the Bengals, another opportunity to watch my favorite NFL player, I would say, Joe Burrow. If I really thought about it, probably my favorite NFL footballer. Um, at least my favorite quarterback. And CJ Stroud, the potential future favorite. Then I want to tune into the 49ers at Jags. This 49ers team surely can't lose four games in a row. Can they? Can they? Can they? Jacksonville at 6-2. and two. Uh, uh, If there's Jags fans listening to this, they'll be annoyed at me. But I kind of feel like they're... they're, they're they're kind of a... a, a fraudulent 6-2 and two team. I feel like this is more of like a 5-3 and three team i think they should have another loss on there um but you know i guess at the end of the day you are what what your record says you are uh i think the 49ers are correctly favored on the road in jacksonville um interestingly if anything it's been jacksonville's offense that has given me the most pause this year the defense has actually been a strength but the, the offense has been fine i just had expected a little bit more um and maybe this is the game where they get it done. There's, you know, other offenses have certainly uh, lit the Niners up at times the last few weeks, uh, particularly in the run game, which was surprising. Um, trying to think which game that was. But anyway, uh, Niners at Jags, fascinated by this matchup. I think the Niners will win. I think the Niners will win. I, I actually think this is a, a get a, a bit of a bounce back game for them. I, I could see this being like 30 to 20, 30 to 17. I think if if Debo Samuel is healthy and he plays, I think the 49ers get back to running the football um, like they would like to be doing. And I just haven't quite seen enough from this Jags offense yet for me to go, yep, they'll move the ball with ease on this Niners um, defense. So, Interested from a number of angles, just the, the matchup of the two teams in general, but, you know, getting to see two Chase Young 
hopefully rolling out there for the 49ers. Um, that will be interesting as well. You're adding strength on strength. Last game for me this weekend that I'm definitely going to be tuning into is Commanders at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this game to me was pure entertainment factor. You know, I went with Rutgers and Iowa. It was like the sicko kind of factor of like, oh, it could be 10 to 7 and I like, well, I'll be rooting for punts in that game. This is the opposite. This one, I think the score in my head is like 34-33 or 34-31. I think Commanders and Sam Howell are very much able to move the ball uh, and score points. Uh, But I don't think their defense is going to be able to do much to stop Seattle either. So I think this will be a fun, high-scoring game. I reckon both teams get minimum high 20s. I think we get into the low 30s as well for each side. I think Seattle get it done at home. And I think... Seattle will just have a couple extra plays made on defense um, that allow them to get the job done. Sam Howe, fun fun QB to watch, bit of a swashbuckler. Geno Smith, a little bit the same as well. I think the Seahawks will be able to run the ball um, well. It's sort of crazy to me that the commanders beat, I know it's the Patriots, but they were able to beat the Patriots despite getting rid of Montez Sweat and Chase Young last weekend. They only concede 17 points. So I think a fun game by two teams who I don't think are really doing anything particularly meaningful um, in the postseason. I, I mean, I don't think the commanders will make the postseason, but I, don't, I, I just think they're both... They're very entertaining teams. They're, they're both entree teams. They're both teams you watch and you go, well, that was a fun sort of thing to, to taste and experience, but it's not the real main course. Um, uh, like the main course, like the Bengals might be, or the Eagles or something like that, or the Ravens. They're fun. They're fun teams. And at the end of the day, isn't that what watching sport's about? Surely we've got to have a bit of fun mixed in there as well. So... Those are the three NFL games I am keen to tune into. Texans at Bengals, 49ers at Jags, and the Commanders at Seahawks. And the way I'm picking those games, I say the Bengals get the job done uh, at home against Houston. I think the Niners do get the job done uh, on the road against the Jags. And I think that the Seahawks will win a shootout with the Washington Commanders. All right, that's it. That's my weekend preview of football. I hope you have a terrific one. Um, I should mention I'll also be watching West Virginia uh, take on Oklahoma. would love to deal them a third straight loss, but I know it'll be an uphill climb, but we are the Mountaineers, so trust the climb. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll chat to you early next week. Oh, and I've also got a bunch of those um, game picks challenges up. I've got one for every team in the CFL uh, conference final. So there's a game picks challenge for the BC Lions, for Winnipeg, Montreal, and for Toronto. You know, each of them has five thing. You know, five picks you can make. You know, an over under passing yards for the quarterback, or it might be, you know, how many passes defended or something by this particular defender whatever there's one for each team so if you want to you know go on and make your picks um on the twitter thing i'll calculate the results at the end of the the weekend and we can see who won the bragging rights 
Um, yeah. All right. Great to talk at you again. And we'll do it again in a few days. Until next time.